Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Well, the title is How to Stay Standing When You Feel Like Sitting and Out. And um, uh, and I know in just, in just life, there are times... Uh, when it's appropriate to sit it out, to take a, a step back. And, and, and the Bible talks a great deal, actually, about resting in the Lord. And, and uh, so the comments I'm making today are, are, are uh, you're just going to have to put them in context and what they're giving, because I, um, uh, I experienced burnout in my own life at times because I didn't properly keep in balance, you know, the ministry. It, 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 it can, it can uh, uh, get out of balance pretty easily. And really, the, the Lord has given us the antidote to that, and that is the rest of the Lord. But... We're in a day that um, is it's, it's a day of, I believe, supernatural warfare. I really do. I mean, when you look at our society, when you look at the world, I'm not going to go into all of that, but um, it's a day that we need to be closer to Jesus than we've ever been. It's a day that we need to be engaged in the things of God and in the kingdom of God like we've never been engaged before. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Over in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, I want you to go there, and we're just going to start reading uh, at verse 10 in Ephesians chapter 6. Um, I, I stopped. I stopped telling people, oh, this is one of my favorite parts of Scripture, because every week I would get up and say, oh, this is one of my favorite parts of the Word. It's just, it's all good, okay? It's just all good. But this is, Ephesians is such a powerful book. <clears throat> but in Ephesians 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. <laughs> Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. One translation says, the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. And then he goes in and he talks about the armor. And that's a different message. And, uh, uh, but I, I um, want to talk to you about, uh, about standing in the Lord and, and he, he mentioned having done all to stand. I want to talk to us about this morning about some things that we can do. What are we doing to stand in, in our faith, to stand in the, in the things of the Lord, to stand in the purposes and the callings of God? What, it, what is it like for a Christian to stand in, the, in, in a day of, uh, literally, we just, I've seen in just the last couple of years, just this uh, a cultural shift, and I'm not going to call it antichrist. It, it is antichrist in that, but, but anti, anti-church, anti-Bible, anti-Christian, you know, um, that's, that's just, you know, slowly and surely creeping in, uh, more than, more than it has in the past in my, in my estimation. Um, the enemy will always attack the last thing God said to you. So whatever the Lord's been speaking to you or to us or to the church, that's what the enemy is going to come against. And, um, uh, I'm going to over in Galatians 6, 9, we don't have it on the, on the screen, but in Galatians 6, 9, uh, here, uh, the apostles writing, he said, let us not grow weary while doing good. 
that growing weary is just the is just the inclination that when you get weary, when you get tired, you just want to you just want to step back. You just want to take a break. In Daniel chapter seven, verse twenty-five, it says this: "And he and and um, what Daniel, who Daniel's referring to here, is he's referring to the devil. He's referring to he's, re, he's actually referring to the antichrist, to that that one that would come and and uh, and and come against all that is good and holy. And he said he will speak great words against the Most High. Listen to this. So the enemy is going to speak against God. You've been hearing that today. Well, that's not just a person." That's not a politician or a, a figurehead of some sort. That's, as uh, Ephesians 6 said, that's a principality. That's a power. That's something that's in the spirit realm coming against God. And he said uh, in um, uh, Daniel 7, he said, He'll speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. I, I think Daniel 7, 25 uh, is, uh, we may be experiencing some of that in the days that we're, we're living right now. You know, uh, with those two verses from Galatians and Daniel, it's weariness hits you from both sides. Weariness hits you when you're doing good works, and weariness hits you when the when you come up under the attack of the enemy. It's like it's like I'm getting it I'm getting it from both sides, and uh, that is that is the reality of what uh, we do contend with within our life of faith and within our life living with God. So over in Ephesians six, that's why the apostle was saying he said, "Listen, uh, finally, you be strong in the power and be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might." He's talking that you're going to need some things that are going to build you up to be strong in the Lord. Verse 10, uh, I, I, I think that that's what he's talking about is, is I want you to be strong in God's power. You know, the arm of flesh, if you try to do it in your own strength, I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to fail. <laughs> the arm of flesh will fail you. Uh, you put any, you put any uh, hope in that, and Proverbs said it's just like a dislocated ankle. It'll, it'll fold up on you. It's not going to support you. Uh, and so he's saying be strong in the, in the Lord. And he said, and in the power of his might. I love it because the same apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yay. One of the ministries that Jesus is doing in your life right now is strengthening you. And it's not physical strength, although I do believe, I know that he does do that. But even more than that, and even greater than that, it's a strengthening on the inside, a supernatural strength, a strength in purpose and in, in dedication and will. I want you to go over to Romans chapter 4, and we're going to take a couple verses here and look into how to uh, call it, this is, I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to call it, this is God's gym. This is, uh, we're going to, you know, you get gold gym. Well, this is God's gym. This is, this is, there are a few things here where he's telling us how we can increase our strength, how we can maintain our spiritual uh, strength and our energies, some things we can do, some practical things that we can uh, involve ourselves in and dedicate ourselves in, in God's gym to, to literally, they're muscle builders for your soul, for your, for your inner man. And in, in um, Romans 4.19 Romans 4.19, I'm just going to start reading in verse 19. Um, uh, if I get over the right chapter, there we go. And not being weak in faith. He's talking about Abraham here specifically. <clears throat> that Abraham was not being weak in faith. And I know I'm jumping right in the middle of, of, a, of a text here, but he's talking about how Abraham received promises from God and uh, even though he had the promises, he had to walk them out. He had to be strong in them. And so verse 19 said, and, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. That is in his ability to have children. And he didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb because she was just within a few years of him. They were unable, they were physically unable to bring to pass the promise that God had given them. Your flesh will say that's a bad thing, but that's really the best thing that could ever happen to you is that the promises of God, when they come to the point to where God 
what you told me you're going to do, I can't do it in my own. If it's going to be done, it's going to have to come from you. That's when you've reached a point of victory and a point of breakthrough and a point of great grace. So let's continue reading. Not being weak in the faith, he didn't consider his own body already dead since he was 100 years old the dead, or the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver. King James says he did not stagger. I like that that word. He didn't waver. He didn't stagger. He didn't faint. He didn't draw back at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he, that is what God had promised, he, God, was also able to perform. And it says, therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Be strong in the Lord. God's gym. Some muscle builders for your soul. First thing I want to um, bring to our attention is, is uh, if you're going to be strong in the Lord, you have to maintain motivation. Susan and I have joined a few gyms in our lives. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, anyway, most of you know the cycle. In January, gym memberships is just, I mean, in January, the people who sell gym ma- memberships, I mean, they are, they are, they are doing great, man. They're signing them up. They're getting, you know, monthly payments on the credit cards. It's all good. But by the time March comes, <laughs> those that they were seeing in January is like, where are they at now? And what the problem is, it's not that the bill's not being paid because all the bill's being paid. It's that there's been a crisis in motivation. And the same happens in, in our walk with God. You have to maintain motivation. And in verse 20, Abraham was able to do that. And not being weak, he did not consider his own body. And then verse 20, it says, he did not waver. He didn't stagger. Something about, about uh, what Abraham was uh, doing in his walk with the Lord, and he was the father of our faith, and he was a mighty man of God. He was chosen by God. He, was, he just went out to a land he didn't know. He, just, he, was, he was the father of our faith. But um, there was this thing about uh, maintaining motivation, and I think as I'm reading in here and just knowing a little bit of Abraham's life, I think one of the things that he used to maintain his motivation is that there was no hesitation in him about the promises of God. Where you're going to come up and have motivational issues is whenever you begin to wonder, well, I know God said it, but it just hasn't maybe worked that way for me. Listen, you're going to have to maintain, you're going to have to maintain that I have no hesitation. I might not, now, uh, not having hesitation in the promises of God is totally different than not understanding how the promises of God work. Not, we all have that. We all don't uh, deal with that. We're not uh, sure how God does it. His, his time frame is different. His ways are higher than our ways. He works in, in uh, because he sees the beginning from the end. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he promised that he would see me through. He would see you through. He would see us through to the end. And whatever he's promised in this book, I have no hesitation that because uh, I put my faith in Jesus Christ, that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I have no, there's no, you have, how many have that? You have that. There's just no doubt about that. Well, that needs to be in all areas of spiritual life. Lord, I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not going to stagger. I'm not going to faint. Abraham, I, he received that promise from God. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Probably most of you know the story. He didn't have, he and Sarah didn't have children. He had children, um, um, uh, some some uh, failed attempts of, as, of trying to, you know, complete God's purpose and plan and he did his own way and it didn't work out too good. But now he's 100 years old. Sarah's, I think, around 98 at that point. And yet, in it all, it says that he he never backed off. He never wavered. He never just got to where he said, well, I guess I just didn't understand what the Lord was saying to me. And sometimes there is that. We don't understand what the Lord is saying to me and to us. But here with this, Abraham didn't decide he was just going to set it out. It says that he maintained his motivation. 
I believe that that is a, I believe that that is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I believe that that is a work of the inner, of the inner um, uh, ministry of the Spirit of God to keep you to where it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. You're not going to sit it out. You're not going to quit. You're not going to step back. Lord, I'm just going to keep pressing on. How many have come too far? Yeah, you've come too far. You've been in this thing too long. There's, 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 there's no turning back. Another thing I believe Abraham uh, did to uh, be strong in the Lord and, and build this, uh, this strength, this muscle builder for his soul was he was empowered by faith. And it says that he didn't, he, uh, uh, he didn't waver through unbelief. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He was empowered by faith. Faith is one of those things that uh, it's difficult to, you know, there's the definitions of it. And it's kind of, I heard one guy talk about it a while back and it, it was kind of amusing to me. He said, when you start talking and teaching about faith, he said, it's like chewing on a piece of steak. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> and uh, faith is like that. It's one of those inexhaustible things. Whenever you get in, it's just, it's just like trying to um, comprehend the incomprehensible. It just keeps going on and on. But here's the sim- simplicity of the reality of faith. It increases when you use it. We are called the just shall live by faith. It's, it's never going to get in your serving God to where you as a believer can live for, for, the, for the Lord without exercising faith. Oh, Lord, if you just let me win the lottery. <laughs> and there are some that have won it. And, uh, you know, if you do, my number is 201 Okay, yeah, okay. No, yeah, no we'll forget about it. Uh, but... Uh, you know, when you get into that kind of thing, it's like, Lord, I just want to get to where I don't have to live by faith. No, you're, you're a believer. You are called, there's no living outside of faith. Everything we do as justified through Christ, as holy and pure before our God, it, it requires that we walk it out and we live it by faith. Uh, uh, one, uh, one, uh, person that has been very influential in my life, uh, an older man of God. And he just told me, Gary, every challenge you face in ministry is placed there by the Lord so that you will be able to grow in faith and lead the people into a greater journey of faith. That's just the way it works. You as a dad or a parent or a mom or uh, whoever you're influencing in your life, the best thing you can ever do. Yeah. Teach them the word of God, pray with them, do all of that, but let them see you living your life in a journey of faith. Yeah, whenever, whenever it gets, whenever there's more month than there is checkbook, uh, they hear mom and dad or whatever, they hear you praying on this, oh God, make a way. Lord, you're Jehovah Jireh. Let them see that faith working in your life. Let them see you calling out on faith. There, there are going to be innumerable times where you'll be faced with things that you're not able to do in yourself. That's where faith comes in. That's where faith comes in. Uh, my mom and dad, when I got saved, they absolutely thought, not that I joined a cult. It was, it was worse than that. It would have been better if they would have thought I joined. They just said, you're never going to want, you're never going to be able to live it. Like apparently they'd seen things. I don't know, but they said, whenever you get through playing the church game, then you come back. It was maybe 20 years later and I shared it once briefly, but they came to Christ in their latter years. They accepted Jesus. And I, and in the many talks we had after that happened, they said, we kept waiting for you to come back and you never did. <laughs> and you never did. And you know what? Because it wasn't about trying to please mom or dad. It wasn't about trying to live, you know, a second generation experience in God. No, you have to have your own walk of faith and your own life in God. And that becomes one of the most powerful testimonies to the reality of Christ is that they, people see you living a life of faith. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to trust God. If you have children that are out and they're not serving the Lord, you raise them in the way they should go. You have a promise from God. When they get old, the promise of God is they're going to come back. And it's not because you brought them back. It's because he brought them back. Amen. 
Oh, I could just go on and on about living in faith. It's the greatest life there is. If even if there wasn't a heaven, living a life of faith is better than living a life of fear any day in the in, any day in the world. Amen. Abraham is said that he didn't stagger, he didn't doubt, he didn't let any bit of unbelief come in his heart. And that is a that is a powerful statement for for his life because I suspect um, there were there, there were these uh, there was this man. There was a group of, uh, a small group of men, and they were coming to Jesus with some needs, and Jesus said, do you believe? And they said, yes, we believe, but help our unbelief. <laughs> How many have ever prayed that prayer? Yeah, I believe, Lord, but I need you to, to help, help me in some areas. Faith grows. It increases with use. With use. Uh, number, uh, the third one I want to talk about is keep it positive. One of the quickest things to cause you to sit it out and just park yourself on the bench is whenever you get a root of bitterness or you become overwhelmed with negativity in your life. Because faith is the direct opposite of pessimism. Faith is the direct opposite of negativity and doubt. Abraham, and I'm not, I'm not just talking about having a positive confession. I believe in that, of course. Uh, I'm an optimist. I'm not a pessimist. But my wife is a super optimist. <laughs> and I love that. Uh, and I, I, I'm just going to give you one little. Try to surround yourself with people that always see the glass half full. Yeah, you love everybody, but I'm going to tell you those that those that you want to influence your life are those that are life givers. This is what I I think it's up on the screen there. Uh, Needing to look at yourself as a spiritual cheerleader. Ha <laughs> ha. That is when anybody's got a problem, whenever they encounter you, you need to be the cheerleader saying, "Go, Jesus, go." Our God is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. What do cheerleaders do? They're not playing the game. What do cheerleaders do? They dress up. They look nice. They look pretty. They do whatever, and they stand on the, on the sidelines. They cheer them on. They say, "Go." Come on, you can you can you can beat them. You can crush them. You can do all that stuff. One of our our granddaughters, uh, uh, she is uh, she's a cheerleader, and we see it, the pictures posted on Facebook and stuff. And I'm like, man, I can't believe Brooke is just this beautiful young uh, young woman and and um, a young teenage uh, lady. And so they post these things, and uh, you know, it's not you just sit on the sidelines and be a wallflower. I mean, they're throwing her up in the air, and I'm like. Wait a second, that's my granddaughter. Don't, don't throw her quite that high. And, uh, uh, but I was watching, and as she's going up, she's got a smile on her face the whole time. I mean, if it was me, I'd be like, help me, Jesus. But uh, somewhere in all of that, uh, they're taught, they're trained, they're keep it positive, keep it up. Hey, we are spiritual cheerleaders. Somebody in their life needs you to cheerlead Jesus for them because they need it. You, they need you to be the cheerleader from the sidelines saying you can make it. I think it's Hebrews said we are surrounded by what? A great cloud of witnesses. I don't know what that all means, but I do know one thing that I think it means is they're cheering us on from heaven. Go. You can make it. Uh, glory givers. That's what that's what he was talking about here in verse 20. And let's go there that he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being positive, giving uh, uh, having the attitude created by having a good opinion about God. Some people get mad at God because of Tragic things that happen in their life. God's not the author of that. God, the enemy, is the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God is, there is no darkness in him. There is no shadow of turning in him. He is, he is perfect. He's full of love and life and all of that. And, uh, uh, but the, the enemy, right from the very beginning with Eve in the garden, you remember what he did. Did God really mean that? Did God really say that? He started to put doubt in her mind about uh, having her opinion about God. Listen, you need to maintain that uh, a a wonderful, positive, the best opinion ever about God, and that needs to just exude from your life everywhere you go, um, that he's a loving God. He's a good God. 
He's a powerful God. God's still doing miracles. Uh, I, 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 you need to be, they overcame by the uh, blood of the lamb and what? The word of their testimony. The word of your testimony is God did it for me. I saw God do the same thing. He, he did this over here. He can do it for you. Now, how that all works out, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. But we are the spiritual cheerleaders. We always have that attitude that we have a great, wonderful, powerful opinion about God. Because he never fails. We never, we, we don't understand all of it. When we get to the other side, we will. On this side, we just see through a glass darkly, right? But that never brings a doubt into the goodness and the greatness of our God. Uh, whenever you like that, you're not going to want to set it out when it all hits the fan or it doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go. And it doesn't happen just the way that your plans were. You're going to stay in, in this thing serving him all the time. The final thing I want to talk about is you have to be all in all the time. Uh, in verse 21, it says about Abraham and being fully convinced. What convinces you? Well, number one, this is the greatest thing to convince you. You've got to stay in it. If you're trying to just have me spend 20 or 30 minutes every week to convince you about that, no, you're going to have to get in this thing for sale. It, uh, it will not return void. It will do what it was sent to do. It's powerful. Uh, you need to be in all the time, completely convinced. It says here that Abraham was fully persuaded. And um, uh, I, I am not enjoying some aspects of aging. Now, there are some parts of it that are, you know, has some, has some perks. You get a little more stable. You hopefully grow a little bit in wisdom and all those kind of things. But, man, there's the flip side of that thing. Uh, the body doesn't feel like it used to feel. Uh, I was up on the ladder a couple times this week. And the next day, I'm like, why am I feeling like this? And I'm like, oh, that's because I was up on the ladder and didn't used to do that. But <laughs> now it does. I don't enjoy that. But uh, but there's there are some things about it. And here, Abraham, as he was aging, he... He just began to see, man, uh, you know, we're not, we're not probably going to, we're not able to have children now. What, what about the promises of God? Remember the angels came and visited them that time? And Sarah was in the tent and she heard the conversation and she laughed. She, was, she wasn't laughing at God. She was just laughing because they were talking about them having a child. And she's like, you know, uh, just laughing at the whole concept of it. And the angel said, did you laugh? And she said, no, I didn't laugh. And he said, yeah, you did. <laughs> I guess the point there is angels will call you out. So, so don't mess with them if they ever show up. Yes, 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 yes. Your servant says yes. Completely convinced. When it looks like I don't know how we're going to get through this. When I look around at our nation, I say, Lord, man, there's some crazy things going on, God. There's some crazy things going on. Lord, what about? He said, I won't forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'm going to get you from the, I'm the alpha and the omega. I see the beginning from the end. I have a plan for you. It's a good plan. It's a promise for you. You're going to, uh, 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 I'm going to work out my purpose and my plan in your life. And all I need you to do is just, is just stay, stay in the game, stay walking. And I'm not talking because I think anybody here is getting ready to turn their back on the Lord. No, I'm talking because I know the plans of the enemy that he comes and he tries to wear out the saints. I know just that sometimes whenever you're doing your very best, like Galatians says, you're just in there, man. You're volunteering, you're working, you're praying, you're doing all. And sometimes you just get tired. You just get weary. And you're just like, you know what? I, I, just need to, I just need to take time out and, you know, go read Ecclesiastics. There's times for all of that. But I think today, more than ever, it's a day that the church needs to stay engaged in the, in, in the battle, in the fight. That the church needs to stay, uh, uh, that you as part of the church, you just need to stay right on close to the front lines as you possibly can. And if you need to take a breather, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, give a give a tap out. Go take a, a rest and a breather, and then whenever you get kind of refreshed and restored, step right back in. 
you know, the children of Israel, what they did, which was, which what is what broke God's heart, is that when they were tested, they drew back. Time and time and again. And the Bible talks about that we're not of those that draw back. We're of those that press in. And when you draw near to God, he draws near to you. I want us to stand. And I've asked Pastor Grace if she would just come to the keyboard. Because I want to pray for some people today. If you're weird. Now, this isn't about if you're thinking about sitting it out. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you're here today and you're just tired. I mean, you have been fighting the good fight. And you're just feeling weary. You need some, you need some undergirding. You need some building up. You need some strengthening uh, within you. The prayer of God's people is one of the best things that can happen for you. And if, uh, if you've just been uh, feeling a weariness within, um, within your life, I believe today the Lord has spoken to me that he's just going to bring an anointing of encouragement to you, an anointing of refreshing to you. If you need some refreshing in your life, refreshings come from the Lord. I want you to come forward. Yeah, I'm just going to walk down and I'll touch you and I'll pray for you. And I'm going to have some others, whoever of our prayer people would like, they'll come and stand with you and pray. But you've been going through some some seasons, man. And I mean, it's been, it's just, you're tuckered out. I mean, the hands are hanging down inside. And you might have the smile on the outside, but on the inside, you're just like, Lord, I just, I don't know if I can make it another day. God wants to build you up. God wants to encourage you. God wants to strengthen you. Can I have some prayer partners come and just stand? Make sure somebody has somebody standing with every person here praying and believing. I'm going to come by and just, it's not about me, but I'm just going to come by and lay my hands on you. Pray and impart a blessing. This is what I'm going to ask the rest of you to do. If you take for the next few minutes and just stretch your hands out over these folks and just begin to pray. This is what I want you to pray. Lord, release refreshing upon them. Lord, strengthen them. Lord, clothe them and build them up in their most holy faith. Lord, let the word of God be sharp and powerful and quick. Lord, let them become strong in faith, O God. Rebuke the enemy. That every attack that the enemy would try to launch to weary people of God out, that every attack would fail. And it would fail miserably. So much so that instead of them becoming weary, they would be refreshed from heaven. The joy of the Lord will become their strength. Like David said, I can break through a troop and go over a wall because of my God. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to invite you to come today and somehow through this, get my attention and say, I need to make that stand for Christ. I want to pray with you. If you're here today, maybe you've walked away from really serving the Lord. I want you to come. We're going to pray and believe God with you as well. Ha ha. Yeah, babe. So the Lord just reminded me of this testimony. This really happened to me. I was at a, it was actually a Catholic charismatic meeting and this guy was speaking and he was so anointed and healing. And I was sitting towards the back because I was kind of new and nervous. And he didn't know this, but for like two months, I had been experiencing this extreme fatigue. Like by 10 a.m., I just wanted to lay down and I was starting to really get depressed because I was like, why am I so sleepy and tired all the time? He walked around the room and walked, the guy did and walked right by me and said, 
you've been really tired. I want you to get up here. So I just went and stood in the row. So he started calling out people and their infirmities, and he called mine right out, and he said, now. And when he said, now, we all flew back, and that had never happened to me. So I was like, oh, my gosh, this is real, you know? So I just was reminded of that testimony because after that, it lifted off of me. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm wide awake all the time now. So I know it was the spirit that was harassing me because I had just come to the Lord. So we come against any unclean spirit right now, and you may have been knowing Jesus for a long time. It doesn't matter, but the enemy comes to wear us out. So we come against that spirit of discouragement and tiredness and despair and doubt, which brings such tiredness on us. And we say, go in Jesus name. And you have to leave every one of God's people alone today. You have to get out and never come back in Jesus name. We speak energy and life in Jesus name. Amen. So if that's you, just say, thank you, Lord, because he'll do it. You don't have to fly back. He will do it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for lifting that off. And as of today forward, we will feel, we will feel the lightness of the Holy Spirit upon us, the peace and the comfort of God. We thank you, Lord, that you are so much bigger than anything that is bringing us down. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.